How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. I just watched some fireworks from my front porch. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, welcome everybody to Chaos at Ringside. I am your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. That guy over there, oh my God, that might be Logan Paul's next manager. That's our device. Oh. <laughs> uh, so happy that I don't have to follow Derby with any regularity uh, right. when news like that comes out. Uh, yeah, so um, I mean, that's the news coming out of Derby, basically. Logan Paul, blah, 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 blah. I don't really know if there's anything else worth talking about, so let's just jump into AEW. <laughs> uh, with your um, well-deserved victory at uh, the um, Forbidden Door predictions, Thank you. I mean, we could go through this match by match. We could definitely talk about the highlights, but this one's an easier one for us to like talk about like our wins. Uh, we basically were right, except for the tag match with the uh, the Bucks and um, oh god, I forgot who they fought. Uh, Darby and Stain, right? Remember? Yeah, yeah. We were right, um, except for I picked the Bucks in that match. You picked Darby and Stain, so you got a point there. And then we were both completely wrong about the fatal four-way match for the All-Atlantic Championship. And yep. uh, you you got an extra point for Luchasaurus turning heel. So, <laughs> overall, win for Mr. Artie Vice. You know, I do what I can. Yeah, so I don't know if you want to go, like, match by match, or do you want to do just, like, general, like, thoughts about the pay-per-view? Uh, it's up to you. Honestly, it's been a while since we actually watched the pay-per-view. I'd be okay with just general whatever's still stuck in my head at this uh, point. Yeah, let's do that then. Um, start, well, I guess we'll start with the one we got completely wrong. Pack is our first ever All-Atlantic champion. Um, yeah. Now you've had some time to sit with it. How do you feel about him being the first ever champion? Uh, I'm fine with it. I, I mean, we said – we talked about it under the uh, – or during the uh, prediction show mm-hmm. – I like it's not like we don't it's not like we didn't think he'd be a good champion. We just out of out of the people involved, we just didn't really see him having a chance. Yeah. Now they did a very good job making Miro the very obvious and good choice and then like doing an actual good swerve. Like I think a good swerve is like something you don't see coming, but not because it's stupid, just because it's not what makes the most sense or what's been built up the most. That's right. when a swerve is good, and that pack is definitely that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with the title. Um, I didn't get a chance to catch Rampage after, but he wasn't really on Dynamite. So we'll have to see what happens in the weeks going from here to see what happens with that title. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still a little bit like, oh, I wish – I want Miro to – have that push, but I hope that they have a plan for Miro because he's way too good to not like do something with majorly soon. 
Um, let's see here. So everything else pretty much fell like we thought. The um, Jericho Appreciation Society match became really easy to predict once they like announced the stipulation that the winner got the man advantage in blood and guts. If mm-hmm. uh, you're not a longtime War Games fan, the bad guys always have the man advantage in, in War Games or blood and guts. It's like uh, I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to say it's close to 100 percent of the time. Like. I can't remember a match where the good guys had that man advantage. So Didn't, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I could have sworn the inner circle had the man advantage against the pinnacle. Did they? Maybe they did. Huh. I I could have to go back. I don't remember. I thought it was the pinnacle that had the man advantage, to be honest with you. Yeah. You might be right. We'll have to do some Googling and find that out. If uh, so, I will say 99.9% of Blood and Guts slash War Games matches have the bad guys have the man advantage. It was... (laughs) While he's looking it up, I want to tell everybody, I hope you enjoyed our uh, 4th of July KS Falfour Tier Season 4 premiere of Deep Space Nine and bonus regular show episode, which was actually an episode of our April Fool's Day episode that we did right after April Fool's. And I was like, let's just pick a random holiday to release it on. And that's why it ended up being on the 4th of July. So, yeah, that's why that happened the way it did. You can find a breakdown. It should just tell you, like, this guy went in and this guy. Uh... Jesus. <laughs> uh, while he's looking that up still, I'll say. Yeah, let's things. just keep going while I'm looking at looking for it. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really enjoyed the week after that was Jericho came out and said having the giant swing done to him on top of Blood and Guts was like the scariest thing of his career. We'll break down that match more, but I really liked that he was like, yeah, that was the most terrifying thing that ever happened in my life. And I can imagine that would be very terrifying. Um, let's see. So out of all the matches for Forbidden Door, were there any that like you were – disappointed in the like didn't live up to what you were hoping for um or do they all sort of like hit your you know oh that's what i wanted from new japan versus AEW. Mm. i think pretty much all of it was about as good as i had hoped mm. it's not better yeah i like i would tend to agree um, I would even say the one that gets has been getting kind of a little bit of like, oh, that sucks online was the for the uh, New Japan World title. Uh, I hear a lot of people like saying, oh, man, that was such a weird finish because Adam Cole got hurt. But it didn't even feel that weird in the moment. Like going back, I'm like, oh, yeah, he obviously yeah, got hurt. hurt. But it didn't strike me as like, oh, my God, they had to change that on the fly. It, feel, it felt pretty natural for what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, Jay White winning the title, I feel like that's really the only option that made sense there. You're not going to put it on an AEW guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
No, I would say overall it was. Uh, yeah, overall it was great. I yeah, no, there was nothing that. No, there was. I would say there was nothing that really felt like worse than what I expected or bad. Right. And so it was like all as good as you wanted or better. So yeah, good. overall, really good pay per view. Um, I think we were both really happy that FTR became a three-time champion um, because, well, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they're going to do with those titles and how they're going to defend all three titles. Yeah. Going forward, but I think the main thing, the ROH one's easy to move around, but the having to defend in AAA and New Japan, um, it seems like it's going to be a lot of flying around for them. Plus, apparently, they have to, you know, help Danhausen when he needs help now, which is very time-consuming work. Uh, uh, that's that was dynamite. That I will we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but no, I, as far as them having the titles, I really like it. I would love it if they could like work out something with Impact to like make it four, just because that's the only other title major on like the American scene that they have not held. Is yeah, the oh, that title. would be. I feel like that'd be pretty tough to do. Yeah. No, I, I don't think... I think they might get it at some point, just if the working relationship works itself out in the long run. But I yeah. don't think that Impact's going to let their title just be added just because to the, like, the stack of belts that they have now. So... Um, I did see a... Uh, speaking of just weird ROH-like thing, I saw a... Um, video like a promo from Todd Grisham and I thought you know uh, the world champion I don't still know his name that well but it was basically him calling out uh, Danielson and I think it was Cesaro too about how he's actually the best technical wrestler in the world and uh, it was pretty interesting I'm looking forward to seeing what they do when they get to their uh, pay-per-view because I guess there's going to be an ROH pay-per-view relatively soon good so. I hope so yeah, I don't know if you missed that. Um, uh, Jay Lethal came out on Dynamite and like challenged Samoa Joe for um, Death Before Dishonor, which is going to be right. within a month. Yeah, looking forward to that. One second here. We have a little technical difficulty. Okay, sorry. I um, unplugged the headphones that I record with, so hopefully you could still hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. All right. I couldn't hear you because it went back to my Bluetooth. <laughs> oh, that suck. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is there any other matches? I, okay, I do want to point something out. I'm not the biggest defender of women's matches, as we nope, know. indeed you're not. Um, but I did see some people giving shit to the crowd of people because apparently during the world title women's match, a lot of people got up and like left and like there were a lot of creators on TikTok and other places saying, you can't bitch about women's wrestling when you're getting up in the middle of the one women's match of the night. And that, that is true. I will give you that there, there's some truth to that, but also it's a five hour goddamn show. Where else are you supposed to get up? Like, I, as, as much as I thought that match was good, it's a long ass show. Like you need to take a bathroom break, and there, ha you know what I mean. There's no good other place to do it. And 
every other match had such a compelling story. And that was the biggest thing we were talking about going into that women's match is that the match itself was good on paper, but didn't have anything that really drew you in as like a story reason why this is happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so, that's fair. Also, I was wrong. Inter- uh, Pinnacle did enter with the first member. So we're back to 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know how. Like, I think I told you that uh, when we watched it or at some point. I don't know how you would even book the good guys having the man advantage in a blood and guts match or war games. It just wouldn't make wait sense. Wait a second. It, oh, wait a second. No, I'm definitely right. It was okay. definitely recent. One second. Uh, well, not one second. Obviously, we can keep going. But I'm, I'm like very confident now. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll continue on. I'm just trying to think of anything else. I guess we could talk about the the interim world title match. Um, it was a great match. It was very, very, very bloody. Um, it was. I don't know. It was everything I expected. It was a you know win for Moxley. I wonder. I'm trying to remember if there was any false finishes that really made me think that oh they actually are going to give it to Tanahashi, but I don't yeah, think so. Uh, Damn. Sorry, I just I saw something. I think I have a lightning bug in my. Oh no, it's my headphones. Never mind. I thought I had a lightning bug in my house, but it's just the blink of my headphones over in the corner. Um. But yeah, I don't think I remember any false finishes from that match. Not that it was a bad match, just nothing that like, oh, we're going to go this route with it instead. Um, but, you know, obviously we were, weren't expecting that. Um, oh, yeah. I was wrong, too. Okay. Never well, mind. No, we're at 100%. Which, which match did you think it uh, might be this time? I and, thought it was, for some reason, I thought in the NXT War Games – Mm-hmm. Uh, that was last year where it was like basically the new guys versus the old guys. Mm-hmm. I thought that the I thought that the old guys being like Johnny Gargano and all them, Champa mm-hmm. and those guys, I thought they had the man advantage for some reason, but I was wrong. Well, there you go. And the reason that they don't the good guys never have the man advantage besides the fact it'd be really hard to book compellingly, um is that if you did that while Jim Cornette was still alive, he would immediately have a heart attack from fucking with the War Games formula uh, because that's the last bastion of goodness in his heart, I think. So, uh, And Tony Khan, despite everything, is a fan of Jim Cornette and doesn't want him to die, so keeps booking uh, with the heels having the man advantage. Oh, I was right. I was right, unless you... Never mind, I don't even want to say the unless because it would make you look like such a dick. Um, but in the women's war games match in 2020, uh-huh. uh, Chopsy Blackheart's team, which was the face team, had the man advantage. Okay, I I'm not gonna say anything about like if it were good, was going back because I honestly don't remember. But I think that's part of the point. I do remember watching that match, and it doesn't stand out in my head. That might be part of the reason because they went against the formula, but I don't. I'm not going to say 100 percent because I haven't seen the match since it happened. I don't think so. Yeah, I um, don't. I don't remember. I mean, to be fair, I don't remember much of anything mm-hmm. from back then. So anyway, but okay. So we found one example of the good guys 
uh, having the advantage. I think still overall, your best bet is betting the bad guys having the man advantage in a war game situation. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I have for Blood and Guts. Unless there's any other match you really want to deep dive on, we'll just move on to, or I mean, for Forbidden Door, we'll just move on to Blood and Guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, first, let's for a minute go down to what I'm going to call, and I'm stealing this from Pat Oswald, Uncle Jim's uh, puzzle basement, where bad touching happens. Um, our friend Jim Cornette decided to rip on the Christian Jungle Boy angle because, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's close to a quote. It made no sense for Christian to turn on Jungle Boy for the reason of losing the Battle Royal a year ago because clearly they had no, like, reason for it to happen. That's literally what he said. Something close to that, name. I don't know. I feel like Christian in his uh, promo gave it exactly, like, a wonderful reason for it. Yeah. And clearly showed that he's a petty motherfucker. Yeah, no, I'm. I don't understand sometimes. Like, I understand why he does certain things, but like, that's just. I've seen stupider reasons in matches he was involved with for people doing stuff. A yeah. heel holding on to a grudge for more than a year and pretending to be the face's friend. That's just long term, like, storytelling. That's long term storytelling, and it's genius. I, and I don't know if Tony I can Khan believe had... it with Christian because Christian's. Christian's yeah. shown enough in his heel runs that he's that, like, that, mati- like, what's the word? Cerebral, I guess. Yeah. Not to steal anything from Triple H or anything, but. Right. Like, but, it may, I thought it made perfect sense. But even if you want to, like, say, okay, that was just, like, them reaching, his other reason makes perfect sense for a heel, too. If he has been a heel this whole time, which, I mean, the whole promo sets up perfectly that he was, the fact that they lost the titles, that is the ultimate reason for a heel manager to turn on his team is that they lost the title and therefore the meal ticket. How is that not a good reason? Oh, I was going to milk this money train for all it was worth without having to do a lot of work, but then you guys ruined it for me by sucking, basically. Yeah, like I've... So now i got to do it myself. I, I I don't have any specific examples off the top of my head, but if you're telling me there's not any other instances of a champion losing their belt and then their manager turning on them because they lost the belt, you're fucking of course there is. There's like I'm I'm like ninety percent sure Jimmy Hart's done it like five times. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Like I, I have to look up the specific examples, but if he hasn't done it that many times, I will just eat a hat. Not even my hat. I'll just eat somebody's hat. Like, oh, anyway, yeah. yeah so that, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't listen to, yeah, anything he says. I don't listen, but every once in a while, like a headline in, in my feed will like catch my eye, and I'm like, okay, what does he have to say about this? And a lot of the times I'll be like, okay, that can be a difference of opinion. But when it comes to that kind of like reasoning, that was old school booking at its like best. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how they used to do it when he was manager. I don't know what else they could have done. And I say that a lot about him, which is what it knows. He, he, he will, he, I don't know. He just, he is what he is. It's that simple. Honestly, he just, he is what he is. He's a, 
angry, vindictive person mm-hmm. who also knows how to get listens, views, whatever you want to call it. And again, by the way, if um, Mr. Cornette wants to have us on his podcast, I will recount everything I'm saying today and call him the wrestling genius that we all know that he is. Really? I wouldn't. For money, you'll do anything I tell you to do. I mean, for <laughs> money, I will go on his show and tell him what a piece of shit he is. <laughs> oh, my God. We actually found your moral line. That's that's interesting. I, uh, I, I, he's like, he's just a shitty, he's just a shitty, shitty, like, for someone who has the history, like, has the experience in wrestling that he has, I just I wish he was more I, I just, I wish he was more realistic and truthful in what he says so that mm-hmm. I could actually like listen to him and give him the respect that he should deserve. Right. No, that's fair. Like, uh, yeah. Like, that's the other thing that I always have to remind myself. I know part of that is a character, like you said, for listens. Yeah, absolutely. Part of it's his real opinion. It's hard for me to gauge where that line is, which is what is part of what's annoying. Um, and it's also oh, it's annoying. A, it's a shaded opinion because of, of how he feels about the people involved. Right. Yeah, because he's yeah, he's just at this point, it, the wrestling like, remember business that is well. him out. Like, yeah. A lot of the reasons why he says it is because he, he hates the young bucks and Kenny Omega. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Um, I need to, I just need to take a quick break. Nothing really serious. So what I'm going to do is we're going to take a break out of uh, uncle Jim's puzzle basement. And then when we come back, we'll get back into actual like blood and gut stuff, including what's actually going on with the Christian storyline, which I'm very excited about. Um, All right. We'll be right back after a short break from, well, me, our sponsor to Jen and I can't do that while we record it screws with the app so um, all right so back into blood and guts stuff uh, what's going on I mean there's a lot to talk about from blood and guts itself and from what I know happened on rampage even though I haven't seen it uh, but I think we should start because we just went out of the puzzle basement with uh, what did you think of the new luchasaurus look and presentation um I mean, it's cool. It's fine. The only thing, honestly, I kind of didn't want Luchasaurus to be Luchasaurus. Yeah, you wanted him to drop the dinosaur mask gimmick altogether. Man, I could see that. I mean, I could see what they're trying to do. I heard a lot of people compare him to, like, the premiere of Kane back in the day. Um, I don't know if that's where it's going to end up being. Well, but um, I could also see the point of like, yeah, wanting to cut that completely. I don't know. I think what it actually probably came down to, if I had to guess, is who I don't even know his real name, but the guy that plays Luchasaurus, I'm guessing that that character is his creation. And so I don't think he wanted to abandon it. I think if... Like I, and I have nothing to base that on other than the way AEW seems to work is like 
if he thought it was a good idea, he probably would have, but I think that's something he created. So he wanted to continue it in a heel persona, which, you know, whatever he's more comfortable with, that makes him more comfortable, you know, portraying this, that that's fine with me. That's cool then. Yeah. And I did like, I really liked the whole thing. I liked, um, <laughs> um, uh, El Serpito. I liked how, he got his ass kicked, but I also like how Christian starts the match by like whispering in Luchasaurus' ear, and then after the match tells him to go back and hurt um, him more. So the whole thing worked really well, and I think this all really does put a massive launch pad for when Jungle Boy returns. Yeah, I'm going to be very interested to see if Jungle Boy can take the ball and run with it, but I think it's set up perfectly for him to just like into the stratosphere if this is done correctly. So It's definitely set up for it. It's just a matter of if he can pull it off. Yeah. Which in right now, I have no doubt he can. It's more about like, can you as the character portray the kind of like anger and betrayal yeah. you need to show when this come when you come back. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I, I saw somebody do a mashup because I forgot this had happened. Do you remember on the Edge and Christian show, the Totally Reeks of Awesomeness, that they actually had Luke Perry on there? No, I did not. There, I don't even remember what the segment was, but somebody mashed up the two videos, and the one with Luke Perry on that show, Christian's just in the background going, Dylan, I love you, Dylan. Oh! <laughs> and then they <laughs> split it with his like promo about how like Luke Perry would be ashamed of you, Jungle Boy. It's like, oh my God, that's such a perfect like weird mix of, you know, emotions. Uh, clearly Christian just has a deep love of Luke Perry that he can never get over the jungle boy got to be so close to the man before he died. Yep. I think, I think that's where the villain like train started for him. Um, so let's see. Uh, besides that, I'm trying to think of what else um, we should talk about. Probably uh, Bowens apparently is back at least, somewhat back from the injury list. Like he was up in the rain and out of wheelchair. So I'm assuming he's back, which is great. Uh, I really love the way that they're working this with uh, Billy Gunn, like playing peacekeeper, but then shoving his own kids. Like, I didn't know how far they were going to go with it. I don't know if this means that the ass boys are going to become the faces or I I don't know. I've heard that the acclaim is actually the one that they might be pushing. Like it's all going to be one big, like Billy betrays them and that pushes the acclaim into being faces. I, I guess. hope so because yeah. They, yeah. they work so well. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, like obviously the, obviously they're great heels. Yeah. But I truly, truly believe that they can be just as good faces. Yeah. I So I've always had this issue with, like, when you turn a really good heel face, because a lot of times the gimmicks don't translate. One of my big pet peeves about Doink the Clown going from heel to face is that they just thought, oh, yeah, he'll just do the same thing he's doing to faces, to heels. And it just, for a lot of reasons, but that also didn't work. Um, but I think that uh, the acclaim is different. I think their shtick will work um, insulting heels just as much as they did insulting faces. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that will be very successful. And I'm, I'm excited well, to see. Like when 
when Cena was rapping, you know, mm-hmm. like, like it didn't matter if he was uh, like smack talking heels or faces, people just loved it. Yeah. So I think that yeah that will transfer, and I'm excited to see what they do. And, and, I, uh-huh. and don't I, I need to finish this also oh. because this goes this all goes back to my original observation of them when they began as a tag team. Uh-huh. Also, it didn't matter if they were heels or faces. Everyone loved the crowds always loved the interaction with right. Billy Gunn back when he was <laughs> when with uh, New Age Outlaws. That's so true. when you combine them and you get a guy being the Billy Gunn of the New Age Outlaws and a guy being the rapping John Cena and you combine them as a tag team, obviously the crowd's going to instantly fall in love whether they heal their face is perfect. <laughs> and I was just about to say, I really do think the acclaimed and the ass boys, and I love calling them the ass boys, uh, I think that's going to be a really fun and interesting undercard feud without yeah. a title, which is really important, especially with a huge tag team division like they have. So, And I think both teams will be able to come out of it looking really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, this is some stuff that wasn't on TV, but I kind of want to talk about it. Uh, another member of the Dark Order is gone. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. Alex Five Angels was, um, I don't know if he was given his release or his contract just expired. I think it expired. But he's gone. Uh, And the reason I'm putting this in there because I hope that's where they're going to go with this as kind of reforming what's left of the Dark Order into something better. Uh, Bray Wyatt, when he did his trademark of the Wyatt Six thing, he used AEW's trademark lawyer. Hopefully that means that's where he's heading. And my, my wish would be for him to use what's left of the dark order to reform it as a more powerful like faction uh, moving forward. But I'll we'll have to see what all that, how the, how all that shakes out regardless of what happens with Wyatt. Yeah. The dark order is down to silver Reynolds, evil Uno. And I think Anna J. I think those are the only one. Oh, and 10 is still there. Yeah. I was going to say, don't, don't forget the big man. Are you kidding me? Um, People I'm... are loving the big man. Don't forget him. I'm still shocked that Grayson is gone. Like I like, he, ugh, man, I don't know. But hopefully something good happens with the Dark Order. Uno's come out and said that it's not the end of the Dark Order, but they really seem like they're kind of in trouble. They're very yeah. much on the bubble. So, um, but yeah, I'm also when I heard that Wyatt news, I'm like, oh, I hope that means he is going to AEW because that does. I going like back to WWE. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people talking about that, but um, I'm hoping that's not true. Well, uh, so do I. I. I hope he's smart enough to not go back there. Yeah. Also, I want to point out in case anybody, like, is thinking, because I see it's a big online thing. I'm pretty sure, based on what I've seen, the vignette that they did on Money in the Bank was not uh, Bray Wyatt. That was Edge uh, coming back. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, like I, I didn't see the whole thing, but I saw some people like break it down. It's like, oh yeah, that that does definitely seem like all people that Edge has fought, and makes more sense that it would be him. Uh, but you know, let's we'll see. I could be wrong, but I'm I don't think I am, and I don't think the internet is on that one. Um, let's see. 
Okay, so I'm just thinking if there's anything else like news-wise, because then it was just like an hour of blood and guts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that's about it. Well, before we get into the hour of blood and guts, what are your thoughts on the, the I guess the the shakeup of the commentary team of Jr. not being like there for the whole show right? and being moved around a little bit, used a little bit more sparingly. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. I don't did I don't know if they ever gave a reason for it. But. Not that I've seen anywhere. It's just it, um, it's been reported just as like a Tony Khan idea to shake up the announce team a little bit. No, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, see, it was fine. I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a little bit sad, but at the same time, like I don't. I think Jared's got like another two years on his contract. You really do need to you want to keep using him because he is still Jr. I think you do need to start thinking about how you're going to replace him. And by giving Excalibur, maybe Taz, the guys that might be there a little bit longer. Uh, well, I'm yeah. expecting Excalibur to be there until basically he's JR's age. <laughs> That's what I'm expecting to happen. But everybody else, like people might be there a little bit longer. Give them more time to get used to being in their own team and make the audience used to it. So it's not such a huge like, oh, man, JR's not there. I mean, I will say, I think Excalibur and Taz have absolutely phenomenal chemistry. Yes. That is one billion percent phenomenal, amazing chemistry. That is one of the big recommendations I can give for watching Dark. Because, like, the matches aren't, like, spectacular. They're not supposed to be. They're literally Dark matches. But... Excalibur and Taz on dark on YouTube with even less of a filter is yeah. just fucking hilarious. Like, like there was one, the, like, the most recent one, I think it was like the 150th episode of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that and the whole time it was basically just Taz like talking about how each of the referees are like basically like, um, like ignoring him in different ways. And Excalibur just being like, basically, I think it's just because you pissed him off this way. You pissed right. him off this way. You pissed this one off this way. And he's like, I'm pretty sure just everyone just hates you. And it just, it was just hilarious. Yeah, no, it's definitely something to watch, especially if you like love um, commentary for the comedy it can provide. Dark is a good yeah. place to go for that. So, um, so I absolutely, I absolutely love Excalibur and Taz together. Yeah, me too. I think that's a really good pairing. I think Tony does a good job of complimenting that as well. Yeah. And um, honestly, if you watch Elevation, I think Paul White's uh, been doing a good job uh, while he was there. So mm-hmm. would it be um, against him being the third member of the team when Tony's ready to, you know, hang it up? Um, like being Scalber, Taz, and Paul White, I think would be a good team as well. So. That'd certainly be interesting. Um, yeah, I think they would work well together. I don't know if those three have had a chance to work. Like, they might have done a couple matches because Elevation mm-hmm. has different teams depending on the match and when it was recorded. Um, but, yeah, it'd be an interest, I think it would work as a team from what I've seen. That's what I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like going forward, JR is going to be more of a special attraction announcer. I think we'll still see him every week, but it'll be more like a uh, now it's the JR portion of the show. So, yeah. 
Um, let's see. Okay, so yeah, I think that leads us to blood and guts. Um, I love that uh, Claudio started the match. I think he was a really good choice, especially because he's brand new. Uh, I don't even know who else I would have put on that team. Maybe Yuta, but I think Claudio was a good place to start. And I did like the heel touch of like Sammy deciding to do it before he saw who actually was going to be starting with him. Yeah. That was really funny. Uh, the match itself, it's one of those things that's hard for us to talk about because it's all just, it's just fucking violence upon violence and it's an hour of people just beating the crap out of each other. Um, but I really thought everybody did a great job. I I heard, I think, with Santana. Yeah, I think yep. Santana got injured. Yeah, he did. Also, that Santana Ortiz have some sort of beef. It might be like splitting up as a team. Really? Uh, yeah, that's some of the scuttlebutt going on. That there's like some real life beef between them, and like one of them might be leaving AEW. Uh, like, is that pissed off about it? Um, oh. Yeah. Which it, yeah, it's sad, but at the same time, I can see why they'd be pissed because they are a really good tag team. And even though this has been a main event like spotlight, they're still no closer to being like the contenders in the tag team division in any way. Right. So, um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of what else, like what other big um, spot that I really yeah, want. Well, to one of the things I wanted to point out is yeah. just the overall chemistry of the Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Like Claudio's been there for literally like a week, and. And he's already doing like tag moves with Wheeler Yuta. Right. Like that I, yeah. that one arm that like that European elbow into mm-hmm. the German suplex is is and like obviously it's like a quote unquote like simple thing to pull off. But right. at the same time, like those two just do it so good. Because Claudio's European uppercut is amazing. But also Wheeler Yuta has a has a, a damn near perfect German suplex. Yeah. No, that was really cool. And I loved uh, Regal on commentary, like giving the realism of like, we've only had a few days to work on this, but obviously we've worked out a few tag team moves already. Yeah. And also confirming what I talked about on the prediction show that uh, Claudio was his last match. Um, if not his last match ever, his last televised match was against uh, Claudio in NXT. Right. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'll give that as a, recommendation that is a hidden nxt gem because it was just a random nxt show it wasn't a pay-per-view or anything go and look that up and it's worth watching it's really good um and then we had the we had the um uh, i don't even remember what they were were they called we the people i don't even remember what their tag team name was called but we had uh, uh, uh jk they were american what was it Oh, it's just, it was such stupid creative from so long ago. It's hard for me to remember the name. Yeah, I don't remember it. I don't remember either, but you know what I'm talking about. The tag team from 2014 that was, you know, managed by Dutch Mantel. I had, like, my brain didn't even register them as former tag team partners until after the match when I was on Facebook and people put up the pictures. Oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, that, that was a thing. I forgot. I remember now the We the People thing was a tag team thing. It was a happened. pretty big deal. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, people love, like, for a, for a while, tor- towards the end of it, yeah. uh, towards the end of his life, people actually, like, really liked him. 
Yeah, no, I remember getting they over. Were pretty and, good I, and I remember it was even over to the point where, like, when when AEW was first starting, Jericho had to address it when the crowd was doing it to Hager. Yeah, exactly. But, like, yeah, no, just completely, like, had left my mind, did not register at all. Those were two different people to me in my head as I was watching the match. Because oh. I think part of it's because both of them, even though he's only been there like a week, both of them have already changed so much compared to what they were in WWE to me. Yeah. Uh, so it's just two different people. Or yeah. Um, let's see. What other? Matt, Matt Menard uh, did a great job bleeding in that match, which he seems to be <laughs> very good at. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like magic. Yeah, Daddy Magic. Danny Magic, yeah. They both did a great job bleeding. Daddy sort of Garcia. Daddy Magic is Matt Menard. Daddy Magic, Matt Menard. Oh, it's Daddy Magic. Okay, yeah. What's okay? I I tried really hard. His partner's name is still eluding me. What's his name? Uh Angelo. Oh. I forget. Angelo something. This bugs me because, like, I even like made a point of while I was watching Blood and Guts, like, oh, okay, they just said his name, and then I said it to myself like three times, and I still fucking forgot it. Uh, it's not a good wrestling name if my brain can't retain it for more than five minutes. It's not good. Um, but anyway, but both of them did a very good job. They were mostly there to be, you know, fodder. Um, yeah. which is a good war games. Like every time the good guys have an even advantage, the bad guys are just get the shit kicked out of them, which is the whole point. Um, I did. I did think uh, Ty Conti did a good job as the outside manager yelling about people hurting Sammy. Like that was a good heel move. And I'll even give him credit for doing the kiss through the, the cage. Cause that was just like, Oh, that's just classic stupid heel, you know, uh, what's one look for? Narcissistic behavior, right yeah. there. Um, I did. I didn't see how he got out, but Garcia hanging himself upside down outside the cage yeah. was really interesting. That was really cool. I yeah, I have no idea how he got himself out there like that. Yeah, yeah that was missed, really cool. I don't know if they missed it on purpose on the camera because they just the setup was like look contrived, or yeah. if they just happened to miss it but got the end result. I don't know, but. The end result looked good. Um, and then Eddie Kingston coming in with the kendo stick, just not even like nonchalantly getting people out of his way to get to Jericho was really fun. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, as far as like the ending, I don't know if I like the ending of War or Blood and Guts because it's not War Games, but more often than not now, because we've had like three. Blood and Guts has ended up on top of the cage, and I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of a, of War Games slash Blood and Guts. The whole point is you shouldn't be able to get out of that cage. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't mind the ending as what they did. I just don't know if I need that to happen every match uh, that mm -hmm. they do Blood and Guts. I think it's better if it's like that happens every like fifth time or something at best. You know what I mean? But yeah. Um, but as far as the ending itself goes, Sammy, that was a much better bump than Jericho. Um, then the dual submissions where Claudio gets the win, even though Kingston had Jericho in the submission, which leads to, you know, Kingston continuing this beef with Claudio, which I'm very interested to see how uh, all plays out. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was all really good as far as like the ending goes, plus the giant swing on top of the 
Cage, which was a fucking thing to see. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to point out from that match in particular? That was, wow. No, that was pretty much everything. I just, yeah. it, it, it was really well done. Uh, yeah. if, if anything, what the match did more than anything was just make me even more excited for Blackpool Combat Club. Um, yeah. And just, oh, there was something really cool in um, uh, Moxley did a interview with his wife on her talk show. Uh-huh. And they were talking about basically the formation of the Blackpool Combat Club. Oh, I think I heard, saw this. I think I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just, I thought it was really cool how like, uh, basically they want it to be like they don't they don't think of it as a faction, right? They th- they they think of it like the heart dungeon is the way he put it. Gotcha. Okay, so he, it's more like a training thing. Yeah. Yeah, like he wants people to like basic and like I, the way he put it. Uh, I, this is the best way. I I can't do it word for word just because. So just as a forewarning, but basically mm-hmm. the way the way I understood it is like the Blackpool Combat Club is, like, Moxley and Danielson's present, or, like, gift to Regal. Right. And then, basically, they want it to be something to where it can just, like, last in wrestling after they're gone. Okay, that makes sense. And, so- and people can be like, oh, like, he, like he's out of, like, the Blackpool, like, oh, that guy, like, came out of the Blackpool Combat Club. That's a really interesting idea. Similar yeah, to not- the Heart Dungeon. Yeah, and that'd be di- that's definitely different than like a traditional faction. That's a very interesting, uh, it, not exactly, but from what I've understood about how Japanese factions continually like add new members and lose members, it reminds me a lot more of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I like I like that idea. But I thought one of the things I thought you were going to talk about, which I heard I think from the same interview, um, he discussed how Wheeler Yuta was actually an accident. Yeah. And- yep. And I hadn't thought about that before, but if you think all the way back, if our listeners think all the way back to when Yuta first fought Moxley, the reason Yuta got that match is because V. Brian Kendrick was supposed to be in that match and shit went down. They did not feel comfortable promoting him. And so Yuta was the replacement. And that match, like very organically, leads to Yuta being part of the combat club, which I think is just amazingly like weird in a thing yeah. like wrestling where a lot of stuff and it was, is, just, a, and it was just basically like a coincidence that yeah. his name was one of the ones that Danielson had brought up when he had originally pitched it yeah no I, I really I, I just hadn't thought about it. I was like oh man that if that stuff hadn't happened what would it what would it look like now would you have been like brought in at all or would they have just like gone with somebody else Maybe they also would've... another thing I wanted to point out from that because I thought it was really cool is mm-hmm. the fact that originally they actually like they weren't supposed to actually team up like it was just supposed to be used to start their feud, mm-hmm. and then basically uh, what happened was they were like in the ring and Danielson was giving his promo basically of of why he of why he wanted to like have of. But that same promo of, why, of like wanting to team up with Moxley and right. like start this group and like teach the younger guys like uh, Gar- Daniel Garcia, like a like a Wheeler Yuta and right. all that. 
And Moxley was Moxley said basically he was like sitting at home, and he was just like and he had to and he like basically texted Danielson being like you know, I have no way there, like there's I have no reason for why me or my character would ever want to like not do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> like it was a very compelling point. Yes. Yeah, he, like he, <laughs> like the way Moxley put it, he was like, yeah, I was standing in the ring listening to him. And the whole time, all I could think is like, man, this guy makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I can't think of a kayfabe reason not to do this. Yeah, oh. uh, yeah, that was basically it. They, he couldn't think of any reason why he wouldn't do that. Why he yeah. wouldn't agree with that. So that's no. so that's why they were eventually, and they were eventually like, yeah, let's like let's just do it. And I guess they all kind of agreed to it, including Tony Khan, obviously. And then uh, Moxie apparently was like, yeah, you know. Yeah, he, I got to this point where I was like, you know, I don't even know if he's available yet, but I know, or like what he's got planned for, but I know Regal just got released by WWE. Like, it'd be really cool if, you know, like, I don't, like, I maybe we, well, like, maybe we could try to reach out to him or something. You know, I haven't spoken to him in a while, you know, but like, I really feel like he'd be really good for this. And then mm-hmm. apparently, uh, Danielson and Tony Khan were, out, were, were like, oh, yeah, we completely agree. We already reached out to him. He's going to be here for the match and Moxley was like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my brain just went to something that I hope that they do. Like I just, I wrote about six weeks of TV just in the second. I don't know why my brain made this connection, but I really like this idea. So going back to Miro, not winning the all Atlantic championship, I think a really compelling, like few weeks of television would be Miro wanting a shot at the interim AEW title and then running one by one through the members of the combat club. I I really think that would work really like him just like having these massive drag out matches with the members of the combat club to get to Moxley and whether or not they give him the title. That's not the point. I just think that'd be really a lot of really great television matches and a really cool story to tell. And would make yeah. Miro look like a beast. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be great for him coming back and everything. Yeah. Because my first, my brain first went to Miro would be good in that group. I mean, that would just make it insanely powerful. But then I was like, that's almost too powerful. What if you just put Miro against that group? It, like, is, it would almost be too powerful. So, like, at some point, the Justice League has to not be the Justice League. You can't just have every, like, you know I mean, what I mean? We, You've already got Superman. Do you really need like Captain Marvel there who almost has all the same powers or some yeah. shit? Yeah. It's like, I'm oh sorry. man, you know, Blackpool Combat Club's really good, but why not let's let's add Miro, let's add Jonathan Gresham. Like right. <laughs> Would they fit? Yes. Would that completely make everybody else look weak? You sure would. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I just, I had the thought that'd be some really good storytelling. I don't know if that's where they're going to go, but that'd be a good way to use Miro and give you, like I said, if you do one match a week, that's six weeks or whatever of like programming and really good matches. Uh, Jesus, could you imagine match. though if that did happen and all of a sudden out of nowhere, Wheeler Yuta sitting there just like, oh, I get to now learn from Regal, Moxley, Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, Miro, Jonathan Gresham, and Samoa Joe. Yeah, I think he'd be okay as far as like what he needs well, to know. Well, guess about I'm going to become the greatest wrestler to ever live. Okay, see ya. 
Oh, but um, but yeah, okay. So moving on from that, uh, really the only thing out of Rampage that I've seen like that's really big news is who won the Royal Rampage, and um, I saw how he did it. I didn't see the whole thing, but uh, Brody King came out of nowhere to yeah. really win the thing, which I'm not mad at, but he is definitely like not somebody I was gonna predict would have won it. No, uh, same here. I do want to point out because I saw the clip of like the fu- the finish and him doing a sleeper to Darby Allen like on like, the apron was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Dutch Mantel even said I've never seen that finish. And when a guy that's been around as long as Dutch Mantel says something like that, that means you did something right. Like if you did a cool finish that he's never seen. Um, but yeah, no, I'm interested. I'm I'm gonna. I kind of hope what this leads to is a combat club versus House of Black feud. Now that both have kind of blown off their other feuds, um, I think that would be kind of, that'd be cool. Like I think they would complement each other well. They're both very you know hard hitting groups. Um, so hopefully that's sort of where we go. But we'll have to see what I happens. I hope so because that'll be real good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's all I got out of Rampage. I didn't see anything else. Is there anything else that you know of that we should discuss before we move into our question of the week? Mm, I can't think of anything. Okay. There might have been more stuff on Rampage. Um, uh, we just, like I said, I didn't see it. I did see Hook did an interview where he, uh, I, I don't know. I have to watch the whole interview to really have an opinion, but the way they kind of played out was the, um, what's his name? The, the backstage interviewer guy, I think his first name's Dan. Um, he was interviewing Hooker, trying to, and Hook wasn't really talking to him as he doesn't do, eating yeah. chips. And the guy says to him, "Oh, you seem like you, you know what? I think you're a really laid back guy." And Hook just grabs him by the tie, really violently. And I forget what he said to him, but just that like switch of um, going from just enjoying his chips to going to strangle this man for saying he's laid back. I think is is a good idea, but I want to see the whole interview to really know how well it was executed, if that makes sense. Um, but his tag team partner for life, Dan Housen, of course, got to tag with FTR, and I was very happy about that. Plus, I know we didn't really talk about it, but Dan Housen's curse definitely worked on Bowens, which is what led to the whole uh, Billy Gunn shoving down uh, Austin. So, uh-huh. um, All right, but yeah, so moving on to our question of the week. Uh, this, I, again, usually just find these online. Um, the question is pretty simple. Who do you think is going to be the next, the guy of professional wrestling? And I want to be very specific about this because there's a lot of people and a lot of different ways to quantify this. When I say the guy, when I'm, what I'm thinking of is the next guy that's somebody that doesn't know anything about wrestling will know this name. Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, John Cena. There are others that have broken out of wrestling, but I would say that those three, the main reason way they got over to the uh, mainstream was through wrestling. Like um, Hogan just blew up. So he was everywhere, got into a movie and then like his name was synonymous wrestling. And it was never about the movies. It was always about wrestling Austin never even really got into movies until after he was done with wrestling, but everybody fucking knew Austin. And Cena's a little bit more on the fence, but I would still say 
he got over to a point where everybody kind of knew him and it was like, Hey, there's John Cena showing up in these movies um, in the mainstream. But I don't think a guy like, I don't, I wouldn't put the rock in that category because the rock got over really big in wrestling, but it was the movies that got him to the mega star status that he is now, I think. Yeah. Uh, and other guys like Ric Flair was a megastar in wrestling, and maybe you knew his name, but it wasn't a guarantee that anybody stopped in the street would say Ric Flair. Maybe in Charlotte, I don't know. But you get my, so you get my point. I'm in Charlotte, probably, but <laughs> but you get my point. I'm talking about like the tippity toppest. Like you're going to get over to the point where people that don't know shit about wrestling at all are going to say that name. Who's that next person? Um, and. I, it's it's a really hard question I've been struggling with. I'm going to say, uh, for my money, uh, I think it's going to have to be a face because I don't think a heel can get over that way. Uh, I don't know why, but it seems like it's always got to be a face that does that. Um, and the guy that I think has like the clearest path at this exact moment is actually Jungle Boy. I don't know if it's going to happen because I don't know if he can pull it off. But that launching pad I was talking about, I feel like has a trajectory that can get there, maybe. But it, it's going to be a lot of work, and it's going to depend on a lot of lucky breaks. But maybe, um, I don't know who. Do you, like with those criteria, who do you have in your mind? That might huh. be- well, I hate this. I hate to do this to you, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone in AEW will ever be that. You don't think so? Mostly because. I don't think AEW, and I don't want it to be, but I don't think AEW will ever be at the level where anyone that works for them will be a quote-unquote Hulk Hogan. Right. So that being said, I think if it is going to be someone, they have to be in the WWE to become that name. And there's a problem with that too because the WWE very much, and you can just tell this if you watch their product, they have restructured over the last 10, 15 years so that they are purposefully not letting people get over to that level. Like Exactly. They don't want so, anyone bigger than the company anymore. So my real answer is nobody. Mm-hmm. However, that being said, <laughs> obviously I can't just say nobody and have that be that. Right. So what I will say is Two, so one name that's currently in the WWE and one name that's kind of like an easy name that if that person did go to the WWE would be kind of like no-brainer at that level. Mm -hmm. So the no-brainer at that level, if they do go to WWE, is obviously MJF. Okay, you like I think he has the talent, but you really think MJF can get to that level, like that he'll be known everywhere? Yeah, I do. I I think if he really put his mind to sets his mind to it, I mm. think MJF. You could see MJF in movies and stuff like that. Like I just, yeah, I I I, I think that could happen. That being mm. said, he is currently, for all we know, in AEW still. Right. So the name I will give is Austin Theory. Oh. With, I mean, I could see it the way that they're pushing him. Like, and I, I, first of yeah. all, yeah, they're pushing him like crazy right now. Like, he just won money in the bank, but also he's still young. 
Like right. he was only he was born in 1997. God, I'm so fucking old. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so he's really young. He right. literally McMahon's basically golden boy right now. Right. Uh, the only thing he has going against him is that he's not six foot four. Right. But he's not exactly short either. He's still the dude's still over six feet tall. Right. But yeah, like he's like he's an attractive dude. He's he's sh- absolutely shredded. Right. You know, like he's and he's he's good in the ring and he's like a good talker. Right. So if he really gets that like jetpack put on him, you know, like who knows? Maybe he's maybe he's the one to beat Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. You know? And I could I could see him start starting to get put in movies and whatnot eventually down the road. Like I could see Austin Theory in the future as that kind of a name, I guess. Like I said, in the my real answer is I don't think anyone will ever be at that level ever again. Because I don't right. think anyone in wrestling can become that. Yeah, like especially if you like, I, I think I'm the opposite where I don't know if AEW will get to that point, but I think there's a, a possibility. But you're right. Like, at the moment, I don't know if AEW can launch someone to that level um, just because they're not there, that big yet. Um, and again, but, let me preface, I don't want them to be that big. They don't need to be yeah. that big. Yeah, I know. I, we're, you're very much a keep it where it is. Like, let's, let's all just have our thing and not let it get ruined by – Getting too big, too fast, or too big at all, really. I I yeah. understand your mindset about that, and it's not. It it makes sense, but I'm always like pushing to the next level for my brain when it comes to wrestling. Yeah, if you um, want it to be destroyed. Yeah, well, I want I want something to be destroyed. I want I want some family to be brought down because they fucking have too much power in wrestling and been ruining it for a long time now. But anywho, um. I mean, they're so, not ruining AEW. AEW yeah. is fine. That's true. I, I'll, I, okay, let me. I'll say they, for, they've ruined. They've completely ruined a product that you don't need to watch anymore. That's true. So it doesn't really matter. I will say, um, if AEW does grow to anything close to that size that we're talking about, I hope that they do it well, and I hope they do it much, much better than WCW ever did. Um, and do it intelligently. If they do, they're, they'll be fine. But if they try and do it too fast, it will collapse in on itself. It's just how it works. The, the problem is, and I don't want to stay on this too much mm. because we could. The we problem really is <laughs> when a product, when, when you get to that level, you need like, that's when like shareholders and shit start getting involved and the product become the, basically the company becomes too big to just like, be run by like one person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that Tony Khan's running it all by himself now, but you know what I mean? Like, I would like say, the bigger I don't... you get, the more people you have to make happy. Yeah. And the no, more that's... people you have to make happy, the more watered down the product becomes. That's true. I, I'll, that is true. There, there is a thing. Part of that I is. I don't think there's real... any way out of that. Like, I just think part... that's a natural like yeah. progression that happens. No, you're right. Part of that, though, is growing at a reasonable rate because for two of those three that I named, 
WWE was a private company run by one person and he had Hogan and Austin under him. Um, so it is possible, but you're right. There is a point where you get to the point so big that you're dealing with a lot of outside hands. There's a lot we could get into here, but that's not the main question. So also, that's I a think, different time period. Yeah. Like that that's that was something that was able to be done in the eighties and nineties. Right. But like, but realistically a company can't be at that size in the two thousand twenties. And yeah, you might be right. I don't know. I'm hoping that you're wrong about that, but you might be right. Time's I'm feeling pretty uh, confident in that. <laughs> but I also wanted to put out another possibility, um, as long as we're talking there to be guys, just so I have somebody. I think from what I've seen and how he's been pushed, uh, Braun Bricker has a chance yeah. of getting up. Too. Yeah, um, I think that's also a possibility. I think not only does he have the skill and and the talents, I think people kind of sleep on, uh, especially his uncle Scott. There was a, a moment there in like 92, 93, where he was very close to being the guy put in the Luger position. And yeah. I honestly think if they had, it would have worked out a lot different because I think Scott's personality would have translated better to the whole, like, you know, Luger thing that they like if they did the same thing where they put Scott on a bus and go across America he's much more even though he got crazy later he at the time I think he would be much more like a handshaking baby face I think it would have worked a lot better um, and might have led to him being a world champion then Um, but yeah so I think he has a lot of that pedigree and it's a possibility but again the biggest hurdle for that would be there to be getting out of their own way and being like, okay, we don't care if we only have this guy for like six years or whatever, it's going to be good for our business to have him get to that level where, you know what I mean? Where everybody knows his name because they'll know he's our guy, but that's not a wild card for you that I just kind of thought of because he is like younger Mm -hmm. still. Omos. Okay. I don't, Omos is, I could see because of the size and the, the presence, but I don't know how he is in the ring. I, everything I've seen has been like okay, but not like blow me away great. You don't have to be great in the ring. Yeah, that's true. Is there to be after Especially all. in WWE. He doesn't have to be an amazing in ring performer. Yeah, good point. But I think he's obviously he's tall, but right. he's not like. How do I put this? He's not like awkward tall. Right. No, he moves like he doesn't move like a Kali or a giant Gonzalez. He moves like a big guy that is proportioned. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And also just throwing this out there because I don't I don't think he would say it just to say it. Mm -hmm. The Undertaker said that he personally feels that Omos is is basically as close as as as, the, as they've come to a for a giant since Andre the Giant. Yeah, that is, that is high praise. Yeah, from Taker. And like I people. said, I don't think he would say that just to say it. No, he wouldn't say it just because. Like he'll say a lot of stuff for Darby, but I don't think he would say something like that because I think he holds yeah. Andre to a next level. Exactly. So, so obviously we'll have to see how that, how that goes, but I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I think those are some good answers. Um, I think we have a, another conversation to have maybe on a different episode about where we want, like how big we want AEW to be. We could definitely dive into that a lot longer, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, so let's see here. Next week will be the first episode of season two of Voyager, which is called the 37s. It's a really fun episode. Um, I won't spoil it. It's just, it's a really good episode. It's got a lot of, uh, conspiracy theory stuff that's kind of solved in the episode, but you'll have to watch it to find out more. On Wednesday, I was thinking we could do the movie uh, Heavyweights uh, that we talked about a while ago. It just feels like a good summer movie. What would you think about watching that uh, for okay. Chaos Civil War? Yeah, right. I think that'd be fine. All right, so yeah, and I do believe, because um, unless something weird happens again, uh, DJ Man supposed to be hanging out with me uh, coming up in the next couple of days. So when we record, he should be here. So I'm assuming oh, he'll be cool. part of those episodes. So, oh. yeah. So fun stuff coming up. Uh, thanks, Derek Bowman, for the theme song. Follow us on, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Chaos Everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Last Gilchrist One or at Last Gilchrist on TikTok. You can follow the show at Chaos Pod Show on Twitter, or write us at chaospodshow at gmail.com. We will take any suggestions, um, comments, or anything you want to give us. And I've said it before, the first like out five people that give us a suggestion, unless it's something that like we couldn't do just because I don't want to get an X rating on the podcast, we will do. Like You have a suggestion? Tell us. We will do it. And honestly, I don't have a lot going on right now. I will we'll do it pretty quickly. Like It'll be a pretty fast turnaround on the episode. Um, so yeah, I hope everybody had a good and safe 4th of July and uh, we'll see you soon. Do see. <laughs> yeah.